time i have to start the podcast with some with some hyper upbeats it's not every time party sometimes you listen to the lyrics welcome everybody you already know what time it is this is damio and this is morley alowo and guess what this is cross cultured back again with another guest as you guys can hear i am back with morley alowo morley tell tell the people what that name means means basically i get to the money money flows to me easily i you know i got money in my pocket it's bag talk that's it it's that bag talk hey all right you guys this is another episode of cross culture shout out to our girl erica mona as she announced finally to everybody that she is on maternity leave right now so guys let's give erica a round of applause Congratulations, congratulations, guys. We're having our own cross-cultured baby. So I'm very, very excited. You guys know I'm super excited about this. Um, Sending our love always, Erica. We miss you. Can't wait for you to come back, but finish being a mommy and baking and doing Mm -hmm. all those mommy things. Enjoy your pregnancy. Relax. Yes. Sending all the love. Mm -hmm. But y'all know how we like to start. We like to start. All right, so um, kicking off our hot topics, um, there's a little bit of somber news. Uh, we got to start with rest in peace to Earl Simmons, better known as DMX. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to just take a moment. DMX... Um, he went into the hospital, what was it, last Sunday, um, for an overdose, and he basically went brain dead. They haven't really revealed what the drugs were, um, nor does it matter, honestly, nor does it matter, because I think too often with our heroes and our legends and our icons, um, we remember all the worst parts of them. Like, as soon as they leave, that's when you start remembering the scandal. That's when you remember when it was this. That's when people tell you all of the things that they did. Um, But one thing that I can honestly say about my memories of DMX is that, like, he, he is the most authentic, most vulnerable, most real thug, you know, most, um, honest rapper I think that we have had. He wasn't, was a rapper, he was an actor. Some may call him a preacher, you know, um, but he was important, and he is important. And um, I am happy that he was able to get his verses while he was here. 
I am happy that I know all the words to party up in here, a.k.a. y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here? Up in here. You know? I know all the words. That's my karaoke go-to. Um, so, yes, we just wanted to take the time to send our condolences to the family and rest in peace, DMX forever. Mm. I always say, like, I feel like your childhood trauma can always, like, bring you down, like, can destroy you if you don't let it go. Like, mm-hmm. you have to release that. You can't internalize it. Like, and it's not fair to say it's not very consoling. I guess it's more so, like, reality. You have mm-hmm. to just kind of let it go and right. just kind of move forward and move on and make better memories and just, you know, be grateful for another day, you mm-hmm. know? That's facts. Escapism is real. Self-sabotaging is real, you know, and it's Addiction is real. mm -hmm. Addiction is real, y'all. So, again, love, condolences, reach one, teach one. You know, when we lose one in the community, it it reminds us to, like, love each other more. So, um, but let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk about somebody who should have been making better choices for themselves. So, let's talk about Paul Pierce. So for those of you who don't know who Paul Pierce is, Paul Pierce, he he's a GOAT in basketball. You know what I'm saying? Paul Pierce, you know, back-to-back NBA champion. He carried the Celtics on his mm-hmm. back. Like, that's that's Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once he retired, he went on to li- live and have a great career on ESPN as a sports analyst. Like, that's what you do. You go from GOAT shit in the game, then you do GOAT shit outside of the game. But then this week, he, he looked more like a jackass than a GOAT. So what Paul Pierce did, you all, is Paul Pierce um, went live at a poker party. It was a poker game. And, you know, I guess when you rich and you got it and you men or whatever, you have strippers at poker games and y'all smoking and y'all drinking, which nothing wrong with that. Live your best life. But don't go live. Don't go live. Especially when you're working for ESPN, which is under Walt Disney. Baby, we all know Disney contract says be as virginal as possible. You cannot smoke or do drugs. You cannot have a life. You must look like you live inside of a Disney movie forever. Hello. So, Paul, why? I think that this is a thing, though. Like, I I often wonder, because when I go and when I turn up, when I live my life, it never occurs to me to go live or or post a video. Like, I'm nope. the person that I take my pictures when I get there just so I did it, and then my phone is in my pocket the rest of the night for the most I'm part. I'm the type of person, you don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. You got to question it. I don't like posting none of that, especially you never know who you're working for, who you're working with. Uh-uh. I don't want nobody to use nothing against me, especially if you're smoking, on drink, smoking and drinking. At least yeah. put that on your close friends. And oh. even then... I've learned the lesson that's even exposing yourself as well. Everything, like, this is the thing. When you're on social media, you're exposing yourself. Like, Period. even all this close friends bullshit, if somebody screen records you, it ain't close no more. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. is. It used to be a time. Unless you Beyonce. Quiet as cap. It used to be a time. I know Beyonce don't play. But um, I remember when, like, I was applying for jobs or I was trying to join a club or whatever I was trying to do, and I would, like, go through all my social media and, like, delete pictures. And you know delete shit that made me look like Oh man why was I tweeting like this I did that in undergrad So I can't imagine these old heads Acting like they don't know any better Like what's wrong with you Paul I was just I just knew he was gonna lose his job Like oh, I yeah. was like Oh yeah You, like, you know I had like, <laughs> <laughs> like 
I don't know. Like it was just dumb. I'm sorry. Like it was just you know it I empathize. It was reckless for yeah, no reason. Yeah, because you know he should live his life. He should mm-hmm. have fun. You should smoke. You should drink. You should have strippers. You should you know <laughs> I do all of that. Have fun because you know we only have one life to live. But do not go live. Yeah, yeah. I think the moral of the story there is like what happens at the stripper poker party needs to stay at the stripper poker party. Okay. But, you know, let's continue on and talk about some more mess on TV. Um, so it came out that the Real Housewives brand is expanding to Real Housewives of Johannesburg. Um, Johannesburg, for those of you who may not know, is in South Africa. So basically, we are taking this Real Housewives life global. Which is, look, y'all need to just go Oh, YouTube. It's a little ghetto for me. Is it? I didn't even go watch the uh, trailer at all. It says it's supposed to start this week, though. So it is coming um, this Monday at 7. So it's like it's already done. It's already happened. Like, it's a thing. I don't know. what. So what did you see in the trailer? Well, first of all, I didn't watch the trailer. It. I seen something that was put out, like, a year ago. Oh, okay. And I seen, a, like, a five-minute clip. And... They were just kind of, honestly, it's not even ghetto. It's really just like the rest of the um, Real Housewives. It um, follows franchise. that reality TV franchise. Yeah. Do you think, is, is there any difference you see from it being Africa? Or do you do you think there'll be a difference, honestly? Just the British accents, honestly. You think they're going to be just as ratchet? It, yeah, just bougie, you know, affluent women, you mm. know, who get into arguments. And, of course, throw occasional champagne and, you know, maybe pull some hair here and there. That's pretty much it. I'm not deep into the Housewives franchise. I'm like only a Atlanta and Potomac watcher. I don't be watching Honestly, all truly. the. I know a lot of people who watch like the Jersey, New York, like that, and like I'm like, man, I don't know if I could follow y'all. This Maybe deep. it's because you know I love to see my black women. I don't care how ratchet, ghetto, affluent, luxury, whatever it is. I love okay. to see my black women. Period. Brr. Speaking of black women, let's talk about a black woman who uh, made a, a switch. I'll be trying with my segues. I did a lot there. But, okay, so I watched the Red Table Talk with Niecy Nash. So, um, Niecy Nash is a popular actress, right? People know her from Reno 11, I mean, Reno 911 and Claws, right? And recently, um, Niecy Nash went viral for marrying a woman. Now, that's kind of unusual for Niecy Nash because um, her first husband was a pastor and she was married to him for about 15 years. And then she remarried another man and and they seemed to be happily in love for like maybe five, six years. And then we heard that they were getting a divorce. And then shortly after, she came up married to um, her wife, Jessica. So she was on Red Table Talk with, you know, Jada and crew. And she was basically saying how like, she's never been gay in her life, or she's never had been attracted to women. Like, she really was strictly dickly. And Jessica, I don't know, the way she described it, she said, you know, they was they went out on a date, and, you know, they was hanging out, and she just felt the vibe. But Nisi was in love. Like, she was all over her. She was kissing all over her. They was, It was very intense to watch. So what is she trying to say that she's not? She, was, she never felt into the vibes that ever, like, no, she said that, you know, she never liked women. So, like, I guess the then the topic of that red table was, like, um, do you think it's possible for you to fall in love with somebody you've never fallen in love with or some shit like that? Um, I guess I think she's gay. 
in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, she is now, I guess. Yeah, but I feel like I get what she's saying. Like, you know, she never considered being with a woman, especially since you explained her past. She was right. with a pastor, obviously. So I can see how she was like, nope. Like, I honestly, I think she probably fought the, uh, fought the temptation. That's mm. my opinion or mm. my theory. And then, you know. Here comes a genuine woman, a woman that likes me and appreciates me and checks off all the things of my off my list. And yeah, I think there is something to be said about people who um, have open sexual preferences. Like, I think there's a lot of people who like so far as they are being pleased um, emotionally and sexually, like they don't mm. care where they receive it from. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas me. I just, it's a barrier between me sexually being attracted to women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see a woman. I can think she could sexy. I can, you know what I'm saying? But, like, to go to the point of having a full relationship with a woman, I can't see it for me. Me neither. I am. Honestly, yeah. Strictly dickly. But on the flip side <laughs> of that, so um, this kind of opens up this conversation about preference, right? Mm. Um, now, recently, Lisa Ray, who's on that show, what's it called? The Talk? The re- it's one the of those the talk. something talk shows that they have and she's on there with a bunch of other chatty Cathy's, Claudia, Selena Johnson all of them and it was a clip that went around where um, they were talking about this man who essentially said he d- only dates light skinned women you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and Lisa's response to that Lisa Ray was saying that well what's wrong with that that is his preference I don't know if I want to consider Lisa Ray a lighter skinned woman. She light skinned. Let's tell the truth. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think she can't relate. Like, similar to racism. You know, white people can't relate. They can't understand because they've never been through it. She's never been through what a brown-skinned woman, especially what a dark-skinned woman, has been through. So, of course, she's And she's, she's from going, Chicago. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that people color struck in Chicago. Like, it is, is a, a real thing. This is a segregated city. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> dating wise, uh, apartment, whatever, living, neighborhood wise, yeah. everything wise. So of course she's gonna say that. You know, I'm not gonna condemn her because I try not to condemn black women because you know the world <laughs> is gonna do it anyways. But um, I, yeah, I very much disagree with her comments, and you know, per usual, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Not per usual, <laughs> like as usual, these hoes be disappointing me. Um, but no, you know, y'all know how I feel about color and shit. Um, I just don't agree with the word preference being used in that. I don't know. I mean, it is a, a really tricky line because that's kind of how Nisi was trying to talk about it too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the way Nisi was trying to say it was like, this just happens to be my preference today. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if people just don't know how to use the word preference. Or I I don't have an understanding of what preference is. I think that life is about perception. And people perceive things differently. So that's what it all comes down to, in my opinion. Honestly, in my opinion, I think also people have a different, like I said, Mm -hmm. have a different definition of preference. True. And it's annoying because honestly, how are you gonna prefer a skin color? Please tell I, me. That's how what I'm saying. I, like, I, I feel like to say you prefer a skin color, like a complexion. Because what's I the feel difference like that's between weird. me and Dami? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like that's a weird thing. It's one thing to say like a race because I feel like there's cultural, like there's actual things that affect it. But um, but even if it comes down to culture, that has nothing to do with race. That's what I'm saying. Like skin, I don't know. I don't know. Like I mean, I, I like I have a preference of dating black men. 
Okay. So that's what I mean by race. That's understandable because... But that's because I'm black. Yeah, and that also comes down to culture as well. Like Because it's certain things that a white man, Hispanic man, or an Arabian man, or an Egyptian man, even though he's African as well, cannot understand what a Nigerian-American woman... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, at least let us all be black and understand the concepts of blackness, for me. You know, but... um, but but like yeah, when it, I I would never like within my blackness now start saying, for me I don't be like oh damn he too light skinned for me no never. he he black that's how I like that's so weird to me no a lot of people say a lot of women are like oh the tall dark and handsome thing I understand tall and First I'm definitely all, for handsome but I'm okay if you're not dark tall and dark and handsome didn't even come from us. Yeah, they came for white folk. Exactly. So here we go with another colorist thing. <laughs> you know, it's just them being tan and with dark hair or whatever, which is kind of appropriating us. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just believe all black people are beautiful. Light skin, dark skin, brown skin, caramel skin. Honestly, black people, even, even if you're mixed, just beautiful. True. They love, you know, the drop of black adds beauty. Literally. So our next topic is about um it's some TikTok shit. So first of all, I'm old and Girl, you are not old. I'm like old in the social media space. Like I'm young in real life, but like I'm now graduated to the point where I can't keep up with all social media things. You're doing a pretty good job on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter I Twitter is our like my generation's thing. Like we built Twitter. So like Twitter's home for me. But Man. TikTok, that's new shit. Gen Z can have that. And, <laughs> you know, TikTok be having a little drama. So um, we all know the song, She a Runner, She a Track Star. You know, that's, the, yeah, that, that little song. Um, so evidently it was made by this man, Mooski, right? And then. <laughs> so the thing is, um, you know, with these songs, a lot of the time they get popular because somebody makes a dance to them and makes them tiktok famous um so for this song the boy who made the song tiktok famous goes by the name city boy j now city boy j um is gay and he's like a flamboyant gay mm-hmm. right so he came through with everything um so it turns out that Mooski had the video for track star and did not include him at all mm-hmm. um so city boy j put out a statement like nope i'm not in the video just because someone doesn't want to work with me because of who i am it will not stop me from what made me who i am today and all i have done for Mooski, even if he doesn't want to recognize it um what i did god and all my supporters is going to keep me going Mm. So you know he said some other shit, but that was the important part of what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about this, I, especially in the space where we talk so much about crediting the creators and rap and hip hop and shit? Like, what does this mean when we ourselves are not crediting the people that you know give our shit some tick? Well, I feel like the situation goes deep. Like you know, the black community has always been anti LGBTQ community, and that even goes a little deeper. As th- as to why so i can see him saying no you know it's not surprising and i honestly feel bad for city boy jay because it's not fair Mm -hmm. i do think that he made the song you know go more viral because i wouldn't have known the song without you know everyone doing the dance you know and i love the dance he's cute you know and i just I just feel bad, you know, and, you know, I, I'm just a firm believer. Do good unto others as others have done 
onto you, you know? And, you know, I feel like Mooski, if he had added him in the video, he would have got even more clout. You would even had the LGBTQ community behind you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, as black people, we need to help each other. We need to put each other on. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, everything just happens for a reason, you know? And, you know, I wish City Boy Jay the, uh, the best of luck. And, you know, I don't wish bad on Mooski as well. Um, I think that, you know... When we think of appropriation, we think so often of only, like, black people being appropriated. But I think that there are a lot of other cultures, trends, and things that are appropriated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and gay culture is one of them, in in, in, a, in a sense. Um, because I think that, you know, and it, and it's, it's symbiotic in a way because it's like a lot of gay culture steals from black woman culture. But also, we're getting to a height where black women and, and, and black people are stealing from black gay culture you get what mm-hmm. i'm saying like yeah because they moved used his i heard they they said that he they used his moves in the video like yeah like i mean they used the dance that made it viral because it's kind of like if i'm gonna see it's like if we would have watched crank that soldier boy and he not cranking the soldier boy yeah like what are you doing if not cranking that so that that's that's the same thing but i think it's definitely a form of appropriation because mm-hmm. you stole from him and you did not credit the creator and that's basically what appropriation is at mm-hmm. at the core of it um and i think it's something to be said you know about the the, the blatant homophobia mm-hmm. that black men are really upholding in the culture like I, like i said last week and i'm gonna say it again because i think i'm gonna have to make it a thing that the silence of black men in sexual assault against women against people and not just sexual assault all assault against women um and the silence that you hear from from these black men but the magnitude of the way that they're they are willing to speak up over gay stuff is just it's baffling to me the stands that they will take to avoid gay individuals is baffling to me it really is i feel bad for him because he he made that song and you know you know deserve that but like i said everything's gonna happen everything happens for a reason and i i honestly think he's still gonna be successful at the end of the day i mean for sure everybody's probably gonna make it they already made it shit honestly truly both of them individually yeah so let's get a little bit of global news going on um so something i want to bring up is everyone on the podcast know i'm muslim um and so is morley that's actually how we met Mm -hmm. um you know at the musk and um ramadan is is right around the corner um but unfortunately it seems like muslims in france um won't be able to enjoy their ramadan to the fullest because there has been a hijab ban placed on all girls under the age of 18 in public places um so i'm gonna play a little clip to kind of give us a little bit more education about what is going on with this ban yesterday the french senate voted to make it illegal for muslims under 18 to wear the hijab they are trying to ban the wear of the hijab at universities and higher education mothers who wear hijabs will not be allowed to accompany their children on school trips. Muslim patients cannot request doctors based on gender for religious reasons. From July, the halal slaughter of chicken will be illegal. And last year, Paris forced local halal meat stores to sell alcohol and pork. Islam is not... So that is, I just feel like every every rule and every law that they made was um, Islamophobic. Let's just call it what it is. Everything that was made was to uh, make practicing the religion harder, right? From... Um, you know, from from women not being allowed to ask for a female doctor so that they don't have to reveal their body to a man, which we all know is, you know, against the religion. Um, weird. 
you know, making weird rules like there cannot be halal chicken sold. Um, And halal food, for anyone that doesn't know, is essentially food that has been, like, preyed over. Like, meat and animals that have been killed the right way, not just, like, slaughtered. Which is petty. Like, (laughs) So, it just, um, you know, to say that women who wear their hijabs cannot be around children in schools is it's it's criminalizing hijab it's villainizing it it is making it um a political statement i wish i could see the look on my face right now i'm just just disappointed and sad and just are you just trying to feel like make them feel like they're not worthy why are you trying to strip a group of people especially women of their religion like where is the humanity like what is what is wrong with the world? What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> you know, I just I just also feel that um if I'm being quite transparent, the America claims to be this country that is um independent of religion and society, right? Like it's supposed to be the separation of church and state. And I find that so often as a country we're so, like even though like whatever you're free to practice whatever religion. I feel like we're subjected to the to the to the normalcy and the norms of Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. And you know it's no shade to Christians. I love my Christian friends. I love Christmas, whatever. But I find that like when an injustice like this is happening, um, I would like some of that outrage that was shared towards Lil Nas X to be shared about this. Just a little bit. I understand it may, you know, it's not your religion per se and um, you know, it's not your country per se, but I think it, it still stands on the same moral ground that a lot of that outrage was on. Mm-hmm. Christians will never do that. This country will never do that, especially white Christians, which is predominantly what this country is made of. They're never going to do that. Big <laughs> I have no faith. Big facts. I don't even know if, you know, it's even possible for the only the only way to solve the problem is to obliterate the system. That's the only way to solve That's the problem. Fact. Ain't no us going into the system. I don't believe in none of that. Burn it. Burn it all down. Burn, burn, burn. <laughs> That's from like this um, play that I really like. But anyway, speaking of, um, you know, global news, let's talk about a country that's actually doing stuff right. So New Zealand, I feel like, is the model country for COVID right now. And the more that I'm researching them, they're becoming the model country for like the world. So I'm going to share with you guys some ways that New Zealand has been leading the world through meaningful action. Something they did is they raised the minimum wage and tax the rich. Y'all know I'm all for taxing the rich. Me and Bernie on the same page. Tax the rich. Okay? And they raised their minimum to $20 an hour. Um, They also have miscarriage and stillbirth paid leave. Now. Oh, I got to go. Yeah. No, that's a real thing. So what that means, um, you know, for some of our male listeners, if y'all can't empathize, for pregnant women who have a miscarriage or, you know, or who give that birth and the baby unfortunately is not there um that shit is mental and emotional and it's a lot and your body still needs to recover because you were still pregnant um and i think that it never occurred to me like what was that it was some state this week um i gotta look up the state that is now going to charge the father of the children um 
those those hospital bills as well for like the checkup and stuff and i was thinking how like damn it never occurred to me that like as women we do carry that burden of like when i go to the hospital checkup for our baby that's on my insurance and that's my bill that's crazy i ain't never thought about that either on on me so i was just like wow that's crazy so yes they also are doing that they have access to free period products in school baby but <laughs> it's about time <laughs> y'all understand how many times i had an accident in high school i kid you not i no. kid you not how many times i appreciated like, my school for um nah. having free you know tampons and pads and the um i also feel like it's a cop out that they get tampons because you know tampons are cheaper than pads but it's like gee i'm 12 i'm not using tampons honestly well, I'm using tampons. I don't. When I was 12, I was not using tampons. Oh, when you were 12, That's what I'm I mean. sorry. It's like, damn, G, why am I in middle school getting tampons, bro? Like, oh, wait, they gave you. First of all, I my middle school ain't give me none of that. I'm sorry. I thought we was talking about college. No, my middle school ain't give me nothing. They gave me one time to teach us how to, you know, your bo period, whatever. I feel like it's because some of the kids was kind of musty or whatever. Not me though. Uh, <laughs> that was it You got tampons Girl First yes. of all Why was they giving Your young selves Some uh, I was trying not to cuss uh, <laughs> Why was they trying not To give y'all tampons Like y'all knew What to do with I, Exactly So that's what I'm saying All that stuff And then you know what uh, Along with that They're declaring A climate emergency They're adding Extended parental leave And they I feel like Handled COVID-19 The strongest Like they are like Damn near the only country that has not had like a reoccurrence in damn near a year actually i actually seen um an article saying that they um they're having concerts now yes like new zealand is living their best life because they did what they had to do and i also want to point out that new new zealand is ran by a woman so just <laughs> throwing that out there in case anybody wants to run for president first of all you know majority of the world is ran by men and what's what, look at the world right now it's just disastrous disaster so okay so Moving on in topics. So, Khloe Kardashian had a little faux pas this week. Okay, so evidently, Khloe posted, well, not Khloe, her grandmother posted a picture of Khloe during like a family pool party or whatever. And Khloe did not like this picture to the point where she had the picture removed from the internet, like completely removed from the internet. Like, there is, like, she had a digital. Uh, tracer to remove all traces of this picture um so you know she got a lot of backlash for that people were like oh damn you're so used to over processing and over filtering your body um where she then came out and put out this really long statement about you know how she feels she said hey guys this is me and my body untouched and unfiltered the photo was posted this week um is beautiful but as someone who has struggled with body image her whole life when someone takes a photo of you that isn't flattering or in bad lightning lighting or doesn't capture your body the way it is after working out so hard to get to this point then shows it to the world you should have every right to ask for it not to be shared regardless of who you are she said a lot more but i kind of want to like stick on this point of like her having this picture removed and for the reason she did. I can empathize with the statement you said because sometimes I work out nearly every day. I wake up and do crunches and then go do my workout and then sometimes work out twice a day and I'm still not satisfied with yeah. my body. 
So, and I get angry and hurt and I get irritated when my friends don't catch the right angle. Cause I'm like, gee, after all this work I done put in. You got me looking sloppy on the ground. Okay. Yo, like like yeah. I'm bad. And I'm like, yeah. gee, I'm taking your pictures, making you look like a model and I'm over here looking sloppy. No, big facts. Like, and I think that, um, you know, this topic, I think that, um, we resonate a little bit more too, because Chloe is a former fat girl. Mm-hmm. Chloe's a former big girl And one thing about um, being a girl That is plus size And is on your weight loss journey Is that you You'll never see the progress And you'll never see yourself In the way that you have always envisioned You could look mm-hmm. And I want people to understand that You will never see yourself In the way that you have always Envisioned yourself to look Because mm-hmm. You know I think we've all watched Chloe's progress. And um, I think it's even harder for her having sisters like Chloe and Courtney, little ass, and, and yep. the rest of Kendall, Kylie, and all the other skinny girls. She's pretty much the biggest one, and she ain't even big. Exactly. So it's like literally being the fat friend, but it's even worse because these are your sisters. You're the and fat the, sister. Exactly. And, you know, that's what I kind of loved about Chloe because she was still. Even though, you know, she had her insecurity, she was very confident and she still was dating very, you know, affluent and rich man. Okay, yeah, she exactly. She would look good. You know, she had that bag, you know, and, I, and that's what I loved about Chloe. And I empathize with her because it sucks being the fat friend. I've honestly had this situation happen to me. Quite mm-hmm. frankly. So, okay, there was an era, I might be aging myself, but there was an era when you would be in a club and people would be taking pictures of you. Like, mm-hmm. people, you know, club photographers, that was mm-hmm. a thing. And it was one year at the shrine, that's what I'm saying, I'm aging myself. <laughs> the shrine, um, somebody took a picture of me and my cousin sent it to me. And I literally texted the DJ to have it removed from the website. Like it was like it was like a thing. Like I texted, I used every little connection I had at the time in my life, any DJ I knew, any party promoter, any friend, any whoever. Was it and that bad? Though? To me it was. And and I think that that's the thing. It's like to me it was. I definitely understand. You know, and even today there's so many pictures that like I'm looking at from two years ago that I'm like, oh man, I really hated this picture and hated how I looked. And now mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, it's like, oh, I wasn't even all that disgusting like i thought um so i empathize with chloe and and, you know she goes on to say that she you know people act like just because she rich she can't feel this way which is true it's pretty well people say that because they kind of uphold that standard because they have such a big platform and you know and they don't technically they don't have to you know photoshop everything they could show people that they are real and be vulnerable with, with people but i can't blame them because they have such an a huge amount of followers that you know you have to be perfect and you know when you look at those comments people project and say oh. mean and evil fucking things i'm sorry i have to say that like y'all yeah. already say some really rude Horrible and things. mean things to people Horrible and these are things. fucking human beings like control yourselves like and yeah. it pisses me off because yeah. you know i fake used to be one of those people but i had to humble myself because at the end of the day those are human beings i be trolling but i troll in a nice way yeah you do i see you i be you trolling a barb. i a troll barb in a nice way though i don't troll in like a very like i don't even like to say shady comments anymore i don't like this like destroy people i say just something funny yeah you do like i don't keep i don't say no mean shit i just be like no nah, boom, boom 
Yeah, because the comments, <laughs> moose face, this face, you broke, you Yeah, dead. I think that, oh, um, dang. you know, she even, she kind of talked about too, like, I think that she was teased to the point where people said, oh, she must not have the same daddy as her sisters. Oh, yeah, everybody's and I think, basically saying OJ is yeah, her father, and, which is none of y'all business. And, you know, I think, like, the thing of them in them saying that is they're saying, like, you don't have these features that they have. And it's just kind of disgusting because it's like very obviously Courtney and Kim have, like the rest of the girls have Chris features. That's yeah. just it. Like Chloe and Rob, I think, are the only one that really share Rob Kardashian seniors. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know. And like, Rob is, it's really because he's the son and he fell in depression. You know, okay. Like you know what I'm saying? What so I, I just feel like it is. You gotta empathize with people because those. She's the different one, and the, that shit sucks. That shit hurts. That shit sucks. That I shit feel hurts. with her because you know that it's that rejection. You know that. Damn, like, <laughs> like, I I can understand both sides. I can get what the people are saying. Like, they uphold that standard, but y'all need to empathize with them because y'all uphold that standard as well. Exactly. Look at how y'all freaked out when y'all seen a natural quote unquote picture or whatever the picture was exactly. of her, and y'all freaked the fuck out. So of course she's gonna freak the fuck out. I think that what people said actually was that nobody thought it was a bad picture until she made a big deal about it being a bad picture. So it's like no, that's not true. That's what they say. I ain't even see the picture, quite frankly. I ain't gonna lie, y'all. I be following the Instagram T pages, and you're you. I ain't gonna say the pages because whatever. Damn, but me on. but uh, I'm gonna put you on when we get off this thing, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no cap, like girl, took me forever to get into them pages. Okay, but, no, I want the inside. Mm-hmm. But they posted that. They all those pages posted that. You know wow. what I'm saying? So And people were in the comments being rude? Of course they're being rude. Like what were they saying? Um, you know, the usual like yeah, she got her body done. Da, 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 da. Like she trying to da 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 because this don't look like what she has on her page, which I knew. But like I said, I empathize because they have to have that perfect look. Yeah. All of them. I just all couldn't of imagine them. like posting a bad picture and having millions of people attack me. Girls, just like that first that the first beam that ever came out of that girl with the you dig with oh, that hand. Yeah. I feel bad for her. Cause that that meme went too viral. Like that's yeah, the first meme. you know what I'm saying. Like that's one of my biggest fears is being a meme, G. Girl, girl. So you all, let's get to my favorite se- uh, segment of the day, Olodo of the week. Um, <laughs> Olodo, Olodo. This week's Olodo comes from a, a major publication. You all, I like to credit myself as being in media now since we have this podcast, you know, and all the other stuff. I think I'm in media now. You and are a media um, girl. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but like being in media, I think there's some code of conduct in media. Um, one of those things is that while a man is fighting for his life on his deathbed, you probably shouldn't put out a report about him having foreclosed homes four plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'm talking about the New York Post and the author of this article, Sarah Payneur. Okay, her name is Sarah, um, it's Painter, I'm sorry, Sarah Painter. Before we get into this story, let's give her the drop. An Alodo, somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes poor decisions, comparable to a donkey. Alodo Rabata, woo! ass. <laughs> so, as we reported earlier, um... Unfortunately, legend and icon DMX um, passed away. But before he officially passed away, he was 
on life support for about a week or two. And as we all awaited to figure out what would happen um, with DMX, if he would regain consciousness, what would happen, New York Post, the New York Post, decided that this was the most appropriate time to have an article titled, um, you know, How DMX Lost His Homes. And this is what we mean when we talk about things regarding our legends and how they're regarded and how they're held and what people say and or feel about our legends. Because I can't imagine a world where Robert Downey Jr. overdoses on drugs. Because mm. Robert Downey Jr., if, he, if y'all don't know, Iron Man is a cokehead. Mm. That, that was Iron Man. Before he was Iron Man and all y'all was crying over his ass in Marvel, he was a cokehead who got into a lot of trouble. And I love mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., but we're going to talk about the facts. Mm. And I can't imagine a world where Robert Downey Jr. relapses, mm. right, because we all know addiction is a thing. And we all know that, as we said, he was Iron Man in between these stints. I Hello. can't imagine the New York Post saying, did y'all know that Robert Downey Jr. had herpes in 1997? They would sue their ass. I can't imagine them telling me, if, you know, Brad Pitt came out on some shit. I can't imagine these being the articles that they talk about with their legends. White privilege. So I don't understand why when it comes to our people, when it comes to our mourning, when it comes to our things, that is when white America decides to remind us of the transgressions of our people. I can for damn sure, sure almost assure you when Britney Spears' time to go, we will not be reminiscing about 2008. We will be talking about Hit Me Baby one more time. Okay, because everybody's empathizing with her now. Because that little ass documentary, okay. which you know what I said, I did empathize. But th- this narrative, it got to stop. Mm-hmm. And that was like some real goofy ass behavior for you to feel like that was okay in this time and for you to feel like we wasn't going to step to you as a culture and a community. Honestly, I feel like they made the article for clickbait. They did. Because at the end of the day, she's a white woman, and that's a white corporation. They don't empathize with them for real. They just trying to make bread at the end of the day off his name. And you know what we got to stop doing? We got to stop feeding into this shit. Like when we start seeing all this lame shit, we got to just I re- literally report it. it. Yeah, you got to stop. People, we got to stop adding our You know how many people clicked on that article now? Exactly. Like... Just verse report it. That's what I'm gonna start doing. When you start seeing goofy shit like that on the internet, don't don't retweet it, don't quote it, don't add your two cents, don't blow it up, don't bring outrage. Report it. Report it for slanderous hate speech. Hello. Simple as that. Let's move on. I'm glad you said that because that's what we about to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on to our care for the culture. So our care for the culture this um, week is a young lady by the name of Maddie Park. Okay. Maddie Park is a New York City woman who um, raised over $100,000. She actually raised $290,000 for Asian Americans to um, get Uber rides around the city. Because, you know, um, as we all know, there's been a, a rise in Asian American hate crimes due to, you know, pandering about the coronavirus and everything like that. So it was really cool that she took it upon herself to um, raise all of this money so that Asian Americans feel safe. They can just Uber. They don't have to be attacked on the subway. They don't have to be walking and, and random grown-ass men stomp them in and stuff. So I, I think that's super commendable. 
Yeah, I think that's super sweet and, you know. <laughs> I love that sound. Yeah, I think that's very super sweet and commendable and, you know, I don't know any better words to give her right now. That's just, it's super sweet. She's and, our. And, you know, considerate. I, <laughs> that's how she makes us feel, like, <sighs> yeah, like pixies and butterflies. It's very refreshing after all the things we just... I know, a little bit of goodness in the world um, to counteract that. So we're going to get into our main topic of the day, and I'm really excited to be doing this one. Um, So today we're going to talk about what it feels like to be a fat woman, okay? And um, I'm actually going to intentionally say the word fat the whole episode Mm -hmm. and not covert it with names like plus size, big boned, larger... Whatever bullshit that we use to pacify the word fat. Mm-hmm. So let's start with um. Let's start with you, Morley. So let's talk about childhood. Um, like I said, me and Morley have known each other literally since she was five and I was like eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know we've known each other since childhood. And when we met in childhood, we met and we was both what two big girls, two fat. Girls. Okay. I um, always told her that we pretty much had the same, you know, similar journeys. Yes. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, I think everybody's tired of hearing my bullying stories and bullshit on here. So let's talk about what being fat was like in your childhood. Um, honestly, it made me hate being fat. I now hate being fat. I hate it. I don't enjoy it. Um, I remember being fat since I was five. Um. Always, you know, made fun of, you know, <laughs> all the time <laughs> just for being fat. <laughs> like, you said it like everybody hates Morley. <laughs> Dead ass. That's how, man, honestly, to describe my life, everybody hates Maury. Like, <laughs> like um, being fat in childhood, it, it sucked. Like, um, you know, I come, my family has, I come from a family that's pretty, chunky you know Mm. that's in my dna and then also not being man (laughs) them kids them south suburban kids is mean (laughs) y'all i remember being kicked several times in the lunch line when i was in fourth grade would you say that um you were physically bullied more or um emotionally bullied more both i remember like somebody and when i was like in second grade, somebody asking how much I weighed, and I think I said like ninety five pounds or ninety pounds, and I was still lying, and they was saying like, "Damn, you big as hell!" Da, 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 da. Like, you know, kids are fucking mean. Yeah, you know, I think that you know, as you as you ex- share that memory, it brings me back to a thing in like sixth grade. You know, when you start doing all those physicals and shit in in school, mm-hmm. and you know, all the girls we all came out and shared our weight. In hindsight, I think a lot of those girls lied about their weight because I'm like, bitch, we was all the same size, but. Mm. Um, I remember sharing my weight and it was it was immediately received that it was too much. Mm-hmm. Which which makes me think like, damn, where do kids learn that? Like how do you Our parents, which is, you know You know, know the number size, like the the actual weight. Well, you know, it's no shade to my parents, but you know, my weight issues do come from them and it also comes from the black community and the Nigerian community especially because, you know, the aunties would comment. And, you know, that would make my parents comment and, you know, be concerned because I felt as though as 
and as a community that we Nigerians look to val- look for validation in each other when we mm-hmm. should be looking for validation in ourselves. So, and um, I a lot of times I feel like people complain about the weight, but never gave us solutions as to. I agree. To that. how to lose it, I think that um, you know, I think that it really traumatized my inner child like Mm -hmm. you know at the time i was a child so it's traumatized my child and um a lot of that girl grew with me in regards to my weight um especially as you said that that's helplessness for a long time of feeling like um maybe a solution to my weight was to continue to harping on myself about it like maybe that would change it because that's how everybody else handled it mm-hmm. as a child everybody else handled my weight by calling me fat and telling me i was too big and highlighting it at any moment it could come up mm-hmm. as if that was gonna melt my pounds away people just looking at you in disgust and and that became my own method of handling my weight that was my own method like my method was rather than make a lifestyle change or whatever it was like you know Critique and judge yourself to the point where you're so disgusted that you'll change it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't that doesn't do anything. I feel no, it doesn't change. Um, I feel like with my weight loss journey, I had to stop pitying myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, if I don't like it, I guess it's time to change. You know, mm-hmm. a friend just told me like, you know, let's go to the gym together one day, and you know, me and her aren't even friends now. Damn, but <laughs> it'd be like that. Yeah, I do, but um. Um, I still appreciate her for asking me to go to the gym because it's just like since that day something just clicked and I just kept going and mm. going and going. And, you know, I don't regret it because my health definitely improved. improved. Yeah. I don't I, I feel I don't feel weighed down. I can run. I feel more athletic. Yeah. I don't. You know, my friends are breathing up and breathing hard as hell going up the stairs. And I'm like, you know, I'm breathing a little bit. I'm looking at them I'm like, gee. I'm in shape. <laughs> okay. So, like, what was that definitive moment? Because you just said that your friend kind of motivated you, I guess, to go to the gym. But what would you say was the first real moment that you knew your being fat was a problem? Um, man, I don't even know. I feel like, you know... I feel like I feel like it was God that day. I don't know what it was. I was just like, you know what? Let me just go to the gym, G. So that was the first time you feel like you felt like, damn, my my weight is a problem. Or like, when was the first time I think, that you knew growing up that like, damn, me being fat is a bad thing? Honestly, I look back to my pictures and I wasn't even fat till I really mm-hmm. got into college and mm-hmm. started eating. Like nobody was watching me. My mm-hmm. parents used to watch me eat. Mm. vulnerable moment and an embarrassing to you know speak out loud but they used to really which didn't help because now that they didn't see me anymore i can do it whatever just made, it didn't eat. teach you how to eat it just yeah. made me want to eat everything and you know i was emotionally eating and you know mixed with depression and anxiety just just eating mixed you know? with social eating because in college that is our social circle for taco the first, tuesday yeah for the first <laughs> Definitely semester, it's just like go to all these random ass social settings and eat or go to the cafeteria and And eat, eat. you know, like we didn't know shit. Girl, no, like didn't really, man, I I really wish I had the mentality that I have now at 18 because my body would be so banging. So I feel like. just health wise. 
I feel like um, there there did get to a point, like, right after childhood, getting into adolescence, maybe them teenage years, where the idea of being thick started coming around. Um, mm. and, and that difference of being thick versus being fat. First of all, for you, what is being thick versus being fat? What is that difference? Flat stomach, fat ass, little arms, tight waist, Coke bottle body, decent legs. That's pretty much what so thick the, is to me. Yeah. And maybe, like, the fat version you know, which is, sorry, y'all, the fat version, which is the little fupa, more thighs, you know, big arms a little bit, but you don't notice that shit because that girl got a little ass fupa and a fat ass. So the ass is the, the operative part for you. No, the flat stomach and the fat ass is the operative, the operative part. part because, and yeah. And then, like, maybe decent amount of boobs, you know Because I used to be real confused. For me, growing up, it used to confuse me because I felt like I saw girls that were obviously bigger than me, but, you know, they had an ass. Mm-hmm. So it was able to, you know, they weren't the, called fat like I was called fat. Fat, exactly. And you know, with me, I think being fat was really hard for me because, you know, I'm vulnerable. Moment, I'm being honest. I'm being one hundred. I have my father's body, and I, <laughs> I don't have my mom and my mom, um, grandmother's. They're Ghanaian, and think they have. What you're really trying to say is that I think as bigger women, they have conditioned us to feel like this weight has to be in curves. Oh, yes, it has to be weight distribution. Yes. And, you know, my weight is mostly distributed in my stomach, which I hate. I mm, hate it. Me too. I'm, I'm so angry <laughs> about it. And I'm really trying to just run off the miles to just run the fat off my stomach because it just sucks. It's not fair. You know, I would, I used, you know it's, it's annoying that people critique my body. You think I don't, you know, you think I'm not already insecure about it. I feel that... Um to kind of pick off what you just said, people I feel like people feel like they can critique our bodies more. Like who asked you? Yeah. Like and it that like, shit pisses like me it off. almost for it's, for lack of better words, is the elephant in the room that we can all address. Yeah, like you she's know, so big. Yeah, like like, like it just has given you a free for all to comment on my body. Yes, and that's pretty much how it's always been on my whole I think the most hurtful ones is from the Nigerian aunties for me. Like oh, yeah, Nigerian that, aunties are... Nigerian people in general... I think it's just they were projecting, you know, because, you know, a lot of them, I'm honestly, I'm like, look, look at the pot, calling the kettle black, pretty much. You know what it is? I think that, because um, I remember, I have two funny, like, they're not funny, but two different stories about um, how my weight was approached in my uh, younger years. Um, there was one time, I was, like, maybe 11 or so, and I was with this, uh, a bunch of people from the musk, and we were at, like, somebody's house, like, just doing whatever the fuck. It was, like, a holiday. And one of the girls, little girls, was selling candy for, like, her cheerleading team or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the guys from the musk, you know, he balled out and just, like, bought the whole box mm-hmm. for all the kids um, mm-hmm. at the party. So everybody was getting their candy. He was getting everybody like two this and two that. So I mm-hmm. wanted my candy. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you don't get candy because you don't need no candy. Oh. And he said this in front of every, like everybody. That would have hurt him. And I tried. So I, like, I, you know, when you just kind of chuckle it off because it was like, that was mad embarrassing. Um, and then everybody was like, oh, shit, that was embarrassing. You yeah. know, everybody going to emphasize your own embarrassment. Um, and I think that moment... That moment told me that, um, oh, everybody else knows I'm like my fat is an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I think whereas I thought maybe before it was like an internal family thing where like my family stayed calling me fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that moment I knew that other people considered me fat. 
Yeah. And it was um it was it was something that they thought about. Something so much that he thought that he was helping me by rejecting me candy. Um and then on the flip side, though, I had I went to Nigeria one year, and I remember being so scared because everybody like kept making me feel like, oh, you gonna go to Nigeria? They gonna call you a fat ass, and they're gonna like, mm-hmm. you know, they gonna you gonna melt a some of that. A lot of us have that fear. Um, I, oh my god, yeah, that's, that's real. I there's actually somebody told me about a woman that was scared to go over there because they were gonna call her fat, and right? And they was gonna like ridicule her. And then exactly. I was there, and this man, one of the one of my father's friends, he was like. Why did everybody try to make it seem like you were going to be so fat? As if it was like a thing that had been talked about. He's like, why did everybody make it seem like you're going to be so fat? He's like, I don't think you're fat. I just think that you're like healthy. We're just so used to seeing like skinny women and like people that are just skinny as shit. And like that's just the norm. norm. But you're not like fat. And I think that was the first time I had an adult validate me and my size. Shit, at least you had one. And that's really sad. So it's like, let's yeah. let's really kind of get into some of this um, fat phobia stuff. Because I, I think that, like, um, with Lizzo, you see people like Lizzo. Just really hard on um, her. And, and it's like, yeah. So what is, when we talk about fat phobia, what do you interpret fat phobia as? Um, fat phobia for me, in my experience, is is pretty much girls not hanging out with me or wanting to be friends with me because I am fat. That is, that's real actual experiences. And, um, you know, men being, treating me as if I'm not shit, Mm. as if I'm not there because Mm. I'm fat. Mm. Stepping over me and ignoring me and talking, not even saying hi. It's okay if you want to talk to my friend, but can I get a hi? But ignoring my existence. Yeah. Making me feel like I'm, I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Um, to this, to kind of to this day, still get rejected because I don't look a certain way, you know. <sighs> that shit fucks with you mentally. No, yeah. I, I definitely resonate, right? Because it's like, um, I, 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 okay, so fat phobia technically is exactly that. It is the, um, you know, the aversion to fat people. It's like you see them and you, um, are irritated and or disgusted by their appearance. So you act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, as in most cases of phobia and hate, um, people feel that if they are not actively harassing you, if they're not actively, like, choking you out because you're fat, that they are not being violent against you with your fatness. Um, and I feel exactly how you feel that it's been so many moments where I felt that, I wasn't seen or I was dismissed and acted as if I wasn't. Um, I feel like my womanhood was dismissed a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't treated like a lady. Mm-hmm. Like my I was other, treated as if I was a man. I was treated as if I was nothing. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. As if you were just a skid mark in the world. Like, like why is she here? Like why are you here? Yep. Um, or it's like, you know, when we got bad bitches and you had to come. Yep, and you that's know, literally why I don't enjoy being fat. I or, no longer want to be fat. <laughs> I hate being fat. I felt like I had to be more aggressive growing up. Um, like I had to have more of an attitude to demand my, my self-worth. I feel like people have and have and had always tried me. Mm. Just and I feel like that's off the strength of me being fat. Big facts, you know. Um, when um, I don't, I don't even understand. Like, uh, yeah, 
there was a moment where you know i was at the mosque and this boy had uh take a pic took a picture of me eating a honey bun and posted it on, Social you know, media. Instagram. And that's a moment I internalize. I'm really trying to, I'm, it's really hard for me to let all these experiences go. And it's crazy because those people probably don't even remember. And it's moments that I probably will never forget. forget. Because that shit hurts. <laughs> like, and it ain't the first time it happened either. And, you know. It makes it hard to grow up having those things have happened to you because, um. It, it it just kind of always um it sticks with you yeah it really sticks with you like I, like I kind of explained earlier like it's one thing for you and your family to acknowledge your fatness as a internal issue it's another thing for outside people to act on that that being an external issue to to act as if um your fat is a barrier between your emotions basically i feel like people never got to know me because i was fat never and just con- i feel like people have always considered me a lame because i was fat or i don't know like i always wondered if i had a coke bottle body would i get would i have more experienced of- this life yeah like you know and i honestly <laughs> i feel like i wouldn't get treated like that I don't care what anybody got to say. It's my experiences. You will never know how it feels. You will never know how I feel. You will never know. And that's uh, <laughs> exactly how I feel. I feel like a lot of the negative experiences and how people treated me is because I am and was fat. Well, I'm not that fat no more. But <laughs> so okay, let's 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 kind of build on that. Do you do you notice um, different changes as you are losing weight? Yes, of course I do. I just, it's a big thing. It is a yeah. big, um, that is a big phenomenon. I don't know if people know that they do it like that, but that is a really. The the dudes from high school are oh starting my. to slip in my DMs. Men are so rude. Men do it So fucking mean. Like, I don't know which gender is worse in my experience, men or women. Okay. Because it, it pisses me off because I'm like, the smaller I get, I know the more men that have made fun of me picked on me in the past i know for a fact i put money on it they probably gonna slide on my dms and that shit is annoying i'm for sure received differently since i've lost a little bit of weight um you know what i'm saying like you i I think that um for a long time i was always like considered like a bitch or you're aggressive or whatever the fuck you have never been aggressive i feel like they painted that shit on you because you were fat and dark skin period that's a big fact i i feel that way too but yeah, because I've never been that type of person, but I've always felt that, like, um, there are certain things that I said that if somebody else said, it would be like, ah, you're so cute and feisty, but for me, it's like, her big, aggressive ass. It's like... Mm-hmm, whole time, I'm soft as a teddy bear. And it's like, <laughs> literally, I'm actually, like, the most tender-to-touch person. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not even built for some of that shit. That's why I have to be building my thug persona. Because, like... I'm really a sweetheart, and Honestly. you know it's hard to feel like you always kind of protect yourself against that. And that's kind of how I feel. Like you know, I feel like throughout the 25 years I've been living on this earth, 20 years of that, I feel like people have always tried me. Shit, Shorty from the party tried me last week. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. But you know, okay. So now though, in 2021, there is supposed to be like. A- a body positivity movement, right? Like, we've seen it. I think it kind of started more so in 2015. Um, and now we're seeing it um, 
a lot more. Like I definitely see a lot more plus size models. All of these mm-hmm. fashion brands now like definitively have all of their clothes in all sizes, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. It's fun to see. You know, I hated shit. Growing up, I couldn't find nothing that was cute. I still got something to say. It still ain't perfect because honestly, if I'm, I'm going to keep it 100, this is how I feel about the plus size. Mm-hmm. First of all, number one, y'all hike up the stuff because what? A little extra material or whatever. Yeah. Two, y'all trying to judge us for fast buying from fast clothes or fast fashion. They have our sizes. How about that? Right. Three, it still ain't all that cute to me. And towards you capping. You capping. You know what? Because y'all ain't even got real options talking about $75 for them jeans. First of all, no. I'm finna go on fashion up. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously, because that that is a real thing. Like, it's so hard to just, like, be fashionable and to feel good and look good because they do – a lot of, for a long time growing up, I always dressed like I was a grandmother. Like, me and my mama definitely probably could share clothes. Because it was like nothing else fit me for my demographic, for my age. Yeah. But now, I feel like the problem is, in this body positivity movement, is that it's fake body positivity. Like, fake as hell. you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you look at all fashion over models, like, show me a model where she's shaped like me, where her stomach protrudes. Okay, like, like show me a I want to see. Gut. Yes, I want to see the girl with the big fupa and little booty. Thank That's what you. I want to see. The big I, gut and not big. Butt. Okay, and I want to see her without the girdle and with the girdle. Okay, like seriously, because I think that 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 makes a huge difference. You know how much shopping. more money? Like I don't want to see. I'm not. I'm not the girl yet with the uh, big booty. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't gonna look. No, I ain't got the little fupa. The fupa is there. <laughs> and, I, and I also feel like um, racially, it's almost more embraced in racially ambiguous women than oh. in black. Like, I feel like... Ashley Graham. Yeah, those... Um, there's this other... I follow a bunch of, like, different from... Um, or Tess Holiday. You know, I love Tess. No shade. Raw with tattoos. Such a cute white woman, honestly. Yes, Such or a like cute Tabria Majors, Aubrey. Uh, who else? Um, it's this French one. Her, her, her like... Instagram name is like Lessons, but I don't know her real name. This other girl that's mixed too. Shit, Lil Wayne, uh, fiance. You know what I'm saying? I'm surprised he liked plus size women, honestly. Because a lot of you know, I think men are starting to acknowledge that if I want that much ass, I got to take some some stomach with it. Man, I still got issues. I girl, like first of all, let me tell y'all a little story, y'all. I mind you, I was at this little you did hotel party, right? It was a little get-together. It was, like, you know, kind of affluent. Everybody in the room pretty much had degrees, you know. You know, just on some 20-something-year-old. Okay, like, you was living your insecure life. Okay, like, we all, you know, you did. Black, young, and getting it. <sighs> so, there was one of the dudes that kept locking eyes with me for, like, 12, <laughs> like, a dozen times. I kid you not. I'm, like, he never spoke to me. I feel like he felt intimidated. I feel like it's a lot of men that, you know, like plus size women, but, you know, they get women to be, you know, for their guys to validate. Girl, let's get into dating while fat, because that is a whole thing. No, my whole life, I was, I feel like I was always dated in secrecy because, Girl. you know, men love to love you, but won't want to claim you. Nope. And, and I think that, like, where did this idea of loving big women in privacy come from? Society, when they said, you know, but from, everybody love them, everyone. Yeah, not for real though. Like I ain't never really got that much love, honestly. I think that's because of like 
what people like if you go if you were to go somewhere and nobody knew you like nobody ever knew you and they just saw you they would just they would date you that's probably why i gotta move <laughs> no for real because like i would definitely say when i moved to um to the east coast and i was bigger i definitely blew up that year i was doing teach, teach for america and all that shit mm-hmm. and i was getting hella play like all this bullshit that you know mm-hmm. that we, that we feel like we deal with and i think that's because like a lot of people make these images of you in your mind um in their mind i mean mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like especially if Knowing somebody as a plus size kid versus like a a, a bigger woman or like a oh I said I wasn't gonna say shit like that. Knowing somebody as a fat girl mm-hmm. and as a fatter <laughs> woman, it's different because like I think that we've now sexualized the 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 bigger parts of our bodies. Mm. Whereas a kid, those parts couldn't fully be sexualized. Like either you were cute or you were ugly. You know kid what I'm saying? Or like I relied heavily on um because I ain't had no booty growing up. I'm just getting a booty for real. Girl, so, the squats just now working. Okay, out so but I relied so heavily on my big boobs because like I was fat, so I had big boobs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I relied on that to be my sensuality to attract mm-hmm. men because I felt like as gr- dating fat, I felt like I had to. You know, if I was going to have this stomach, I had to have a big titties and ass to compensate for the fact that I have a stomach. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was me, too, as well. I kind of still have somewhat have that mentality in a sense. I feel like society, like I said, I said it earlier, like like a little fupa and a big booty. Or, like you said, the booty to compensate for the stomach. And I think, like, now, um, something I'm trying to overcome is, like, it's not thinking about, like, stop thinking about my weight more than my man does, you know? Because yeah. it's like, I, even, like, when I was dating um, my ex, I used to be so worried that that was a thing. Like, his misbehaviors in our relationship were solely rooted in the fact that I was fat. Like, if I was thin, I wouldn't be ta- I wouldn't be getting this type of disrespect from my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I, I think I feel that. Yeah, I just felt like I was taught, or I've always had this this imagery that, the answer to all of my issues in life was being thin. Yeah. Like, people would like me. I would have a bomb-ass love life. People wouldn't be mean to me. I could get money because men would want to spend money on me. I felt like that. Like, people don't even understand. In college, my life was rough. Whereas, you know, some of my friends yeah. was getting free food for going out to dinner. Then nobody give a fuck. I was About, hustling. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't. I wasn't born with pretty privilege. I wasn't I gotta born hustle. with privilege. You know, like, I'm I'm gonna keep it 100. Like I don't I don't you know people might not agree with me, but if you are society's beauty standards, you definitely you know have a helping hand. I don't care. I see it on my Instagram. I see it through. Isn't that the whole point of OnlyFans? Exactly. <laughs> don't it's, don't you ever tell me. No, I gotta hustle. You you know what I'm saying? No shade. And I, if I had pretty privilege, I'd take advantage of it too, yeah. especially in a patriarchal you know society. But I'm gonna keep it one hundred. Like, yes, you people listen. It, uh, psych 101 they told me people are more likely to listen to you when you are attractive do you feel like um if you lost a certain amount of weight that would betray the confidence that you've built in yourself as a fat woman honestly i've never had that much confidence as a fat woman I have more confidence now that I'm smaller. Um, I, I'm not ashamed to say, but, you know, being real, like, I have way more confidence now that I'm mm-hmm. smaller. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I blend in more. I, I'm not, 
I still feel like I'm treated to a certain way because, you know, my friends are a lot smaller or thicker than me, you know. All my friends is fine, period, no matter what the size is. But, you know, majority of my friends are... Um, Traditional five. Yes, you know. And um, I'm still, to a certain extent, considered the fat friend. So, yeah. I felt like it was very hard to... um like, I look at people like Monique, right? So, Monique, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Monique was so important growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for someone like me that's in, like, the TV art space. Um, because I get so tired of watching shows and how they portray big women. Especially bigger black women. Right? I get tired mm. of why is it that I can't just be the it girl in the film? Like y'all don't know how many times I when really, there are it fat women like exactly. Lizzo is a is an it, it woman and I want Period. Lizzo to be like if Lizzo was cast in the show I want Lizzo to be that bitch and nobody ever bring up that she's fat I would love for her to be cast in like this high school show and, and be she that just bitch. walk around with that like fur giving like what is it Y two K vibes but current and a group of black women behind her and she's like snap, snap. i need a fat black regina george okay that's, that's what, what i'm what talking I need. about i need a fat black regina george that's what I, and it's I a need, lot of us out I, here yes like because i think that that is the narrative that we need we need we need to see that it is okay to be that bitch yeah. that it doesn't like that my size is not an obstacle as soon as I learn how to make films, I'm probably going to do it because I'm annoyed. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you know, like, when I see, like, people with careers like um, Leslie Jones, mm-hmm. I, I, I was watching. I Come- love to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, when I watched Coming to America 2, there was a line where they called her, like, a wildebeest or some shit that I was like, I need Leslie Jones to start negotiating in her contracts. Don't ever fucking compare me to a wildebeest. Because if this was another bitch, if this was fucking Melissa McCarthy, white bitch. Or Lauren ass, London, or y'all, Lauren, would, y'all never, would never compare her to no motherfucking wildebeest. Like, don't, don't play those games with me because I'm big. I'm tired of y'all treating dark-skinned black women who don't have those soft, white features. Y'all who ain't light-skinned. Like, <laughs> yes. Who that's, don't got a, a doobie rap. Yes. Who who don't who don't fit in in some other big way. noses, big lips, big ears, whatever it is, we still find. Yeah, like when you see influencers like Anaya Ivy. Do you know who that is? Anaya Ivy? No. I like Anaya Ivy. I'm gonna show you her picture. Okay. And she's like an Instagram influencer, like a stylist or whatever. And I love Anaya Ivy. I used to look at her for inspiration, but I realized that she's received so well because she's Puerto Rican. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like and and it you know, a lot of people say how is it that Ashley Graham had so much success and not Takara? That's Takara's dark skin. And back then, you know, um, skinny women were in. It's thick women just started being in. And you see, we have to get on the table to get that type of thick. You, know you what get I'm what saying? I'm saying? I don't want, I don't want. Takara, if Takara was on top model now, tuh. Exactly. Baby, she would have had them bands. Not to say she ain't had bands back then, because she, you know, Top Model did give her America's Top Model. Yeah, right. Okay, top Model did uh give her a little clout. She, you know, was on a magazine or two or whatever. But if it was today, yeah, I think she definitely for sure would have like, you know, she would have had a bigger community behind her. This girl it, plus size. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> She's losing some weight too. But yeah, okay. Cause she ain't fat. Yeah, no you got you got to go deep into the trenches. Yeah, I gotta go. Cause you gotta dive in. Ooh, ooh. Oh, 
Because you know who really lost some weight, who looks so good. I mean, back then and now, who? DJ Mustard's um, BM or Aren't wife. you saying DJ Mustard's whole baby mama? Uh, what's I feel like her name is Christy or something. But I follow her. Oh my god, I love her aesthetic. It's giving. It's it's just she's just giving class and like sexy and just everything. But this girl was never big to me. I don't see it, girl. I went back. She might have deleted some music pics or something. But you know what I'm saying? It's very hard for people to um you know, even just like what is considered and what is not considered. It's just it's just all a a, a mad mess. It really is a mad mess. But um it's so I, I wanna leave this topic, um, definitely letting everybody know, um, be mindful of how you treat bigger people around you. Honestly, be mindful of it. Be mindful of the comments you make. Be mindful of the situations you put them in, right? Of, of situations where it has to be obvious that they're not in shape or they're this or they're that. Because I feel like all of that is subtle. It's just subtle like, bitch, I don't care about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, get in where you fit in. Because I think with weight, one thing that we don't know is why people are the weight that they are. Exactly. Y'all never know what people are going through. You don't know. There's people who get on medication for like cancer and gain like 30 pounds. Or even depression, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or their depression, because like me, you know, people um, didn't know I was going through like a depression and just emotionally eating. And you're not, you don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it took me years to be, you know, optimistic and not negative and to. Just have the energy to even go to the gym. Y'all don't know what it's like to be fat. <laughs> it's so easy. It's a lot. Yeah, it's and, very easy and to the be persistence content. it takes to go to keep going through it. Because like you know, as Chloe mentioned in her thing that I really resonated in, it's so hard to have been working out for so long and doing so much work on your body and to still not be there. Yeah, and to it's kind of still not be there. Yeah, you have to, man, it's weird because it's like you have to give yourself patience. Like, I have to keep reminding myself because even though I'm not where I want to be a year ago, (laughs) I snapped. (laughs) And you got to give yourself permission to love yourself, permission to mess up, permission Mm -hmm. to not be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all a journey. I think the the beautiful part about um, the one thing I would say I would never change about me growing up fat being fat living fat is that um i had to rely on me yeah my personality who i am as a person what i was able to get for myself and what i was able to work for Mm -hmm. um it it helped me decipher through a lot of people too you know and in many ways it probably protected me in ways that i didn't know i agree so i do want to let everybody out there know this wasn't just like a bitch fest about being fat Mm-hmm. It was about um, letting y'all know how we feel, you letting know? you know how we feel and letting you know for anyone who's listening that feels like you are just worthless or you're at the beginning of your journey. This is coming from two former fat girls, current fat girls, future fat girls to find me in whatever time you mm-hmm. find me in my life. OK, um, <laughs> I had to learn to love all of me. All of it. And I've urged anyone listening, no matter what size you are, if you consider yourself fat or not, love all of you. Because beauty is really in the eye of the beholder. It really is. Remember, everyone has a different perception. I'm telling you, that's one thing. Yeah, that is one thing I had to learn the rough way. Like, baby, look, everybody is fine to somebody. Okay, you know, everybody's attracted to somebody. Some people, you know... 
Ari's the it girl right now. And there okay. are people that aren't, you know, and it's no shade to her. I think she's beautiful. There are people that are even not attracted to her. There are people that are not attracted to Kim or, yes. or, or Tyra Kylie Banks. or anybody yeah. else. You know, it's really just your taste. It's people that think thick women are fat, which is, you know, shocking to me still. Exactly. And there are people that dismiss skinny women like Koi Ray and what she's trying to do for the little skinny, thin girls. And, and stuff. I love to see it because skinny women are beautiful. Yeah, like, and they go through it too. Yes, they definitely, they go definitely through it too. do they it. Definitely, they're, they're another set of people that I feel like we're on opposite spectrums, but we have the same experience. Because mm-hmm. so, um, everybody telling them like, oh, you need, you need to, to eat. eat or da, you don't know what her metabolism looking like, okay? Some people burn things faster than others, okay? You just don't know. Um, but you all, it's coming to that time of the podcast. It's time for us to kind of wrap it up. Um, y'all know we like to end with a quote always. Um, this quote comes from the late, great DMX. I'm actually going to let him take us out with a prayer. So, you know, rest in peace, DMX. Everybody, this one is for you. In the name of Jesus, let us pray. Father, please walk with us through the bad times as well as the good. May we be heard and understood from the suburbs to the hood. May you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes. And see that we get a breakthrough, however long that it takes. May you fill that void in our souls that will lay our fears to rest. Because there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on, know right from wrong. First John chapter 2 verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And we know what that means. But listen, we know the distance we need to be away from fire to keep it missing. That doesn't mean we'll listen. Lord, you take care of fools and babies. You teach women to honor their men and men respect their ladies. But lately, so many of us have gone astray, doing wrong for so long that we've forgotten the way. Please bring us back home, instill in us us the word which is our backbone, which is children that act grown. There is so much that we're entitled to, yet we receive so little. Because in this time of spiritual warfare, we're comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open our eyes, give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. If we keep our actions wise and our prayers sincere, our heads to you will diminish our fears. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed, amen and amen. Rest in peace, DMX. So, Morley, let the people know where they can find you looking all fine and whatnot. Check you out on all these social medias and see what's going on. He archived my photos. I'm going to unarchive it. Don't do that. Episode. Show yourself. But, Show the glow. Um, you know, follow me, Morley Olowo, M-O-R-I-L-I-O-L-O-W-O, on all social media platforms. Well, by social media platforms, I mean Twitter and Instagram. That's um, all that matters. <laughs> I am a up-and-coming videographer, photographer. Uh, YouTuber. Film, okay. Film director, creative director. I will be on your TV screen. Merch. Soon. Period. Merch. No, no cap. Period. Just no be patient. Kizzy. Be patient with me. <laughs> Don't be thirsty and lurking on my page. I'm coming, all right? 
right. You guys already know where to follow us. It's at Cross X Cultured Podcast on Instagram and at Cross X Cultured Alone on Twitter. Follow me at D A M underscore I'm fine. Shout out to our girl Erica. Follow her at E R I K A M O N A A. Slide in our DMs if you guys want that promo. We stay doing that. We're always doing that. And you guys know what to do. We like to keep it cross cultured. Just the ones sworn by law to protect us Wrongfully convict us, they call it corrections Next, they build a bank out when we in recession And hang us in the jail cell so they can swing the elections I walk Chicago streets where potholes is deep And Tahoes creep like TLC Hospital workers and scrubs with no PPE But they got money for riot gear My nigga, we dying here, yeah You tell me not to move with my gun But we got more funeral homes than schools Where I'm from and on the news All you view is homicides Tell me why it ain't no trauma you Units when everybody traumatized Trying to get on your feet, playing a hand they dealt you If your house is not a home, let this song be your shelter, shelter, shelter. I'll be your shelter Emergency Under the underpass, rumbling stomachs, cups jingle when hummus pass.